0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday. We got some news. The CBA has been agreed to. We have a couple of quirks in there regarding the salary cap, the luxury tax, one or two other things as well. I'm going to explain basically what went on and why this isn't great for small market teams like the New Orleans Pelicans. Now that the salary cap is also set, we know what Brandon numbers uh, Brandon number Brandon Ingram's max contract numbers. There we go. Will be. I'll break that all down for you. And then in the final segment, trading back in the draft is that a realistic possibility for New Orleans? We'll dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So you already know some of the basics, and I did a big breakdown of what the season likely will look at. We won't have a schedule release probably for a little bit, but I still would not be shocked if you end up playing only conference teams, all Western conference teams, meaning you're playing teams in the division eight times in a season four others or six others for all the other ones. It kind of just makes a little bit of sense on the reasons why they would do this sort of thing just to minimize travel, minimize risk of uh, COVID outbreaks and what have you. So that's all set. It's going to be on December 22nd is when we are going to see play start. That means that training camp starts December 1st. The draft we know is November 18th, just eight days away from now. And then free agency, you're going to be able to start talking to free agents on November 20th. So two days from then, then you can sign them to deals on November 22nd. Now, let's not pretend that free agency hasn't already been going on. It's already been going on. Teams have been talking to agents, talking to players, and getting a feel of what those players are hoping for, what they want, all of that stuff. But it will officially start to get done on the 22nd, and we should hear some announced deals per Woj and Shams and all the other insiders on the 20th of this month. You should probably expect to see the Pelicans get a couple of things done early on in all of that. So... Great, season starting. It's coming fast and furious, as I've been saying, and it's going to be tough to wrap your mind around, so imagine if you were in front office. But this isn't all that great for certain small market teams. So, all of the players are getting paid their salaries. There is no per-game check reduction, so they're playing 72 games, not the normal 82. 82 game checks, right? Nope, there are 72 game checks, right? They are still going to get... 82 game checks and that might mean that even if revenue is coming down and lowering you're still playing paying the players the same amount of money that can hurt small market teams more so than help small market teams that is for sure the salary cap is being uh is being kept the same same with the luxury tax as well however with the luxury tax, teams that are in it and paying it will actually see a reduction in their luxury tax payments. So they're going to find out how much the, ba- the BRI, you'll hear that, number, or that phrase a lot, that acronym a lot, basketball-related income uh, a lot. And it's basically going to drop because you're only playing... Uh, 72 games instead of 82 games means less money's coming into the league essentially in some capacity they're going to prorate your luxury tax amount so if you were to pay a hundred million dollars in luxury tax but the bri was down 20 percent they were going to reduce your tax probably by 20 as well and all of a sudden now even though you should pay a hundred million you're paying 80 million That is a significant savings and decrease for teams that are in the luxury tax, which predominantly are going to be large market teams. It could mean that they want to spend more. They're willing to go further into the luxury tax to try and make a run at a title, knowing that, okay, we'll only pay a portion of all of that. We won't have to pay the full burden of luxury tax. Again, that benefits big market teams more so than small market teams. It kind of just is what it is, and it's unfortunate, and it's kind of benefiting them. And I don't really care about fair or unfair. You've just got to get through this season till things kind of get normal in subsequent years. But this definitely disproportionately helps big market teams versus small market teams in this sort of thing. Which, eh, I mean, it's not all that great. Salary cap, by the way, is going to be flat at one one hundred nine point fourteen million dollars. That's important because it impacts the max contract that Brandon Ingram will get. Let's get into that and the numbers behind his contract and why this overall, I guess, is a good thing for the Pelicans in the next segment. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Go. Sometimes, just in the middle of the day, the morning, you just hit a wall. You don't want to get up and start your day. It's the middle of the day. You've had Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting, and now you're staring at an Excel spreadsheet, and it just sucks, right? It's tough to kind of motivate you to keep going, but you've got to break through that wall and built go is absolutely the way to do it. Built go is a healthy replacement for your energy drink, except the energy isn't fake. It's lasting. It's natural. This is a great thing for you. If you're just trying to break through that wall, whether it's mental or physical breakthrough with built go every day, it's easy to take 1.5 ounce energy gel packages. You can throw it in your briefcase. You can keep it in your back pocket just throughout the day to kind of keep you going. Or throw in your golf bag, whether you're, you're hitting the back nine and you need to try and play your best. Built Go is the best energy gel out there on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. And it comes in three delicious flavors. Peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and uh, chocolate mint. BuiltGo combines energy, energy gel with collagen protein, and that collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it's going to get into your system quicker. It's loaded with good stuff to help you ignite your work, and then that collagen gel promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. So if you want to break through a wall, visit BiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BiltGo.com. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts. Here, Monday through Friday, for you all know, paywall, no, anything like that. Just basketball talk, five days a week about New Orleans, about the league, everything you want to know about the team, including in this segment, the numbers on Brandon Ingram's max contract. Yes, the numbers on Brandon Ingram's max contract. Not will Brandon Ingram get a max contract? We are past that point. You could kind of assume and predict, based on how his career had gone before he got to New Orleans, the three years in Los Angeles, that he was going to be in line for a max deal. The question only then was, would it be New Orleans who offered him the max deal or someone else? Did he impress enough in New Orleans for them to want to commit that money to him? Well, most improved player, first-time All-Star, definitely reach that criteria for New Orleans wanting to bring him back on a max deal. You just don't get many score wings like this around the league with his size and his ability and his skill set. And people will offer him a max if it's not New Orleans. Now, New Orleans is where he will play on a max contract next season. He's a restricted free agent, so another team could, in theory, come in and do it. Or New Orleans doesn't need to play hardball, and they just offer him the max. He still might want to take meetings with other teams. Guys like to be wine and dine and go through that whole wooing process. But he's going to be back here, because even if he does want to sign with another team, all New Orleans has to do is just match the contract. Simple as that. So he's going to be back next season. So the salary cap is $109.14 million. What's that mean for Brandon Ingram? For these type of guys who meet these extension criterias for everything, it's a percentage of the salary cap. So by the salary cap not going up, it means that this contract is going to be a little bit less expensive than it would have been otherwise. Basically, it's a percentage of the cap for the first year, and then it goes up by 8% in subsequent years after that. They can sign him up to a five-year uh, contract here. Um, for New Orleans, so the five-year max salary for a guy like Brandon Ingram is going to be 158 million and a quarter million dollars. That is how much he will make. That puts his salary on some of this uh, to be in a good spot for everything. The first year, it's basically going to be a cap hit of 27.285 million dollars. It's a lot of money, and if the salary had cap, if the salary cap had gone down a little bit. He would have been cheaper than that, and it would have been below all of that, but because it's indexed off of that and the cap did not go up, well then, he's locked in at that amount. Now, there is a tricky thing that could come through here with it. He's going to get 8% raises in his contract, so $27.285 million the first year, 8% more the next year, 8% more than that the next year, and so on and so forth. Because of the way the the salary cap is set as an index off of the money coming into the league, the revenue derived from the league that BRI basketball related income, they we've seen spikes in it. We saw it a couple of years ago, which is what allowed Kevin Durant to sign with the Golden State Warriors. New TV contract kicked in; it meant there's a ton. The, the league is flush with cash, so the salary cap jumped significantly. Now. They are saying that in the CBA negotiations, the salary cap will go up somewhere between three and ten percent. That's what it is every single year. You would like that number to be eight, nine, or ten percent, basically to outpace the increases in Brandon Ingram's contract, inflation, in a way, right? Because then it kind of eats in to the Pelicans' cap space. When normally we would be expecting raises by more than ten percent in the salary cap almost yearly, but because of COVID because somewhat of Daryl Morey and China and all of that at the start of last season, all of that has impacted it, and it might not go up as much. So if the cap rises 3% next year, but Brandon Ingram's contract goes up 8%, well, there's a 5% difference there that basically the Pelicans are losing in wiggle room. It's not the end of the world. It probably won't prevent them from doing all of that much, but it's still worth noting. But there you have it. Brandon Ingram... Getting $27.285 million his first year. And then from there, it's going to be uh, a total contract amount of $158.253 uh, million. So Brandon Ingram in line for a big payday. He's going to get it, but he'll be back on New Orleans next season. So coming up, is trading back an option in this draft? Yeah, but it comes with an asterisk or so in this. And I'll explain what that is and what that means for the Pelicans coming up here in just a second. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. The only daily show covering everything you want to know about the league, about the team, whether you listen once a week, five times a week, somewhere in between. I appreciate you taking time out of your day and sticking through me during a long kind of hiatus we had. But now we're back. We're getting close to basketball again real soon. So we're going to have even more content coming. I cannot wait. So thank you all very much for listening. So trading back in the draft, and this question is inspired by a good buddy of mine, Zach. Go check him out over at Lucy's, by the way, if you're downtown. Um, Asking, what about trading back or out of the draft? Yes, very much yes, I think, is what the Pelicans and probably a lot of other teams want to do. It's just not the most exciting draft. I think there is some... Value between like 10 and 17 is probably kind of my cutoff, maybe 18 there. And that's about it. Like you can get a fine player, maybe not with the most upside. I don't see Patrick Williams being available at 13 anymore. So at that point, you're taking a competent player, but someone who has a very clear ceiling and not the most upside and isn't ever going to blossom or most likely isn't ever going to blossom into an all-star caliber player. So you know what? If you can acquire other assets trading down or trading back, Makes a lot of sense, I think. The problem is the Pelicans have all of those uh, second-round picks, three of them. They have 39, 42, and 60 in this draft. Maybe two are a draft in stash. And also, if you draft a guy in the second round and he never makes the team, like n- not that big of a deal. Like If the 60th overall pick doesn't make your roster, doesn't make it through anything, y- you don't really care. You can probably park them in a G League on an Exhibit 10 deal or something like that too. There's ways to kind of do some of this stuff and at least kind of tie them to your organization to a degree. But I don't know if you want to trade back and acquire, say, two picks in the first round or something like that. That just isn't that appealing i don't think say dallas offers you the 18th pick and the 31st overall pick so the first pick in the second round to move up to 13 are you interested in that you drop down five spots and you get a pretty good second round pick but uh, i'm just not in this draft all that excited about trading down and because so many teams are looking to move back Is there any team that's really looking to move up? And I don't know if you're going to find a trade partner. Boston would like to move up, I'm certain. But they're also just one spot behind New Orleans at 14. I don't know if they need to try and get to 13. They have the 26th pick in the 30th pick. So they're likely trying to get into maybe the top 10 or so to just get a guy that they want and kind of move on from some of these picks because you do need to worry about roster space and all of that. And that is a bit of a problem here in new Orleans too, particularly if they try and bring back a guy like Derek favors, that's going to take up a spot or maybe even each Moore, knowing that he's just kind of the safe guy to have on the roster and overpay for one year with those kind of things in the mix. Having six picks in this draft, a lackluster draft, isn't the most appealing thing. And So, yes, I think trade out, trade back would be great. I just, in terms of teams looking to move up, don't know if that's going to be a realistic thing. Now, all of that said, if you can get picks in future drafts, if you can spin the 13th pick into a drop down, say, to Utah at 23rd, Utah wants to move. I'm just looking and grabbing a team. They want to move up to 13 to get someone. You drop back to 13 and then you get a future Utah pick. Oh, hell yeah. Sign me up for that. I would do that deal in a a second. So if you can not acquire picks in this draft, but get them in subsequent drafts, whenever that might be, kicking those first round picks sometimes as far down as I've mentioned is what I think they're looking for a bit in a Drew Holiday trade. I am all for that. And that's the scenario that I can see New Orleans moving back in. I think that would be a great fit for the timeline of the team. Still being young, you don't need to add that much youth to the roster right now. And you get these future draft picks that could be worth a whole lot more than they are today. Those va- those assets could appreciate in value. I think that's a great setup for New Orleans. So yeah, trade down, trade out. It's just got to be into future drafts, I think. Not in this one. Acquiring more picks in this draft is not something that I think a lot of teams really want to do and as we will get to it i got to record this segment to send into the national show today um i talked about it i had gotten offers for the 13th pick in our mock draft segment and i just none of them moved me and i'll explain what those deals were in another episode maybe tomorrow maybe the day after of locked on pelicans as we really dive into that mock draft and what we expect to see on draft night all right, that's gonna do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Big thank you to Built Go. Check out builtgo.com. Use promo code LockedOn uh, for twenty percent off your next order. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.